So this morning, welcome. Welcome to Legacy City Church. This is going to be a fun morning. Yeah, we got some uh, people that have some God agendas, some God plans, some powerful destiny, some wonderful warfare. You know, warfare doesn't have to be scary. We know how we fight our battles, right? How do we fight our battles? Yeah, prayer, worship. Yeah, we get to sing our way through the walls. We get to sing our way as we run at those Goliaths. We get to declare and prophesy and lift our voices and raise a shout to the Lord because we know we are convinced of his goodness. We are convinced that he's faithful to all of his promises. All of God's promises are yes and amen. All of them. All means all. And that means the written word of God, the logos word, and that also means the rhema word of God. That scripture that says faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ, the word of Christ is actually the rhema word. It's when the Holy Spirit brings the word of God up to the surface of your spirit and you begin to process the truth with your mental capacity. You're actually hearing the voice of God. He's bringing the truth to you and it's coming to the surface and there's power and anointing to fulfill that word. Every time God speaks, there's power on his word to fulfill it. So this morning, before we go into worship, are you doing okay, baby? <laughs> I'm just a little uh, caffeinated right now, so. Awesome, we got the thing set up back there, don't we? Is that working good for you guys? Is that, this is the first time we're using it back there, is that good? Cool, we wanted you to be able to be a part, but without feeling like totally distracted, so it's good to see you guys. Welcome back. Okay, so, man. It's not completely full. This is just kind of weird because you guys are visiting and those guys behind you are visiting. Anyway, okay, so this is the plan. I, I really feel like today is a day of upgrade. Just say it. Just say upgrade. Put your hand on your heart, your head. Upgrade. Holy Spirit, I am so ready for an upgrade. I am so ready for you to bring me up into a greater measure, a greater level of who you have designed me and created me to be in Christ. The, the part of me that is the new creation, the old is gone, the new has come, behold, all things are new. You and I in this house this morning are a new creation people. We are new people in Christ. The old is gone. As Paul says, we can say it too. Paul was not a super apostle. He was a man just like anyone in this room. Well, he wasn't a woman, but you know what I mean. He was a human, just like everyone in this room. And he said, I have been crucified with Christ Jesus. Therefore, I no longer live, but it is Christ who lives in me. You and I have been crucified with Christ. If you have been united with Jesus, you have surrendered your life to him. You have been born again. Your old life has been crucified with Jesus on the cross. And now you live a resurrected life. It's a truth, it's a reality that you may not feel, but the facts don't care about your feelings, as one of my favorite people says. The facts don't care about your feelings. Now, that sounds harsh, okay? No, the facts, God, our daddy God, he does care about your feelings. And the Holy Spirit is so gracious to come alongside you and comfort you and nurture you and bring you into the truth. The Bible says he will teach you. Jesus said, the Holy Spirit, when he comes... He will teach you all things. He will remind you of everything that Jesus said. So he is patient. He is kind. He is gracious. As people have said, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. 
and I believe it. All right, I need a quick sip here. Go ahead and get a sip. Sip amongst yourselves. I am amping right now. This is crazy. Okay, so if we all agree this morning that we're ready for an upgrade, we have to know where the upgrade is going to take place. So I just have some notes here. We don't upgrade. Just catch this, guys. You and I will not make an upgrade by trying harder. If you've been trying and trying and trying harder and nothing is breaking through, the breakthrough, the upgrade will come not by trying harder. It comes by thinking different. Okay, Romans 12, chapter, uh, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Most of you know the scripture. Offer your body as a living sacrifice. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So there is a, a process in our thinking that causes transformation. So we upgrade by believing differently. Slide number two, my son. Yes, my son. My son whom I love. You're doing so awesome on that. Now that he's, ta- he's taken over for his sister. And uh, she's on a, on a little uh, sabbatical? No. She's on a training adventure at a home away from home. At a powerful church in Oregon. So anyway, back to uh, what we're talking about. I'm getting sidetracked just thinking about my little girl. Areas of beliefs. I believe that you could probably narrow down a lot of the needs for your upgrade, the the needs for your renewed thinking in these four areas. It's beliefs about God. That's huge. If you believe that God is angry and mad and ready just to smack the sinner as soon as he gets one glimpse at them. Like if, if you're in Christ, I love how Danny Silk said this one time. Some people believe that God is like this, that Jesus is like this this uh, wood cutout figure and you hide behind him and boy if I see one little hand sticking out I'm going to get you he's like if I see that hiney sticking out there I'm I'm coming after you you better tuck yourself in God is not an angry father we don't need to go through the whole sermon uh, or the message Jesus preached about the prodigal son and the father but our father God made provision for you and me. He is a good God. His mercy endures forever. His love never fails. God is love, the Bible tells us. That doesn't mean, I'm not saying then just do whatever you want. That would be foolishness. Paul addressed that in Romans, I think chapter 6, 6, 7, 8, just read it all. It's in there. It's good stuff. Because of the grace of God, should we therefore sin? Are you stupid? That's the spirit of stupid. Okay, so just so you know, so it's important that we believe correct beliefs about God because we are his representatives. We are his ambassadors. We get to show his nature and his character through our lives in the earth. We are the salt and the light. So it's important to have correct beliefs about God, beliefs that are being renewed in the truth of God's word. We also need to have proper beliefs about ourselves. If you believe you're a sinner, just saved by grace, then you're going to sin by faith. If I go around and say, I am just a sinner, saved by grace, that's all I am. I'm a sinner. I'm just a weasel. I'm a worm of a man. But if it wasn't for the grace of God, but I'm just, you know, I'm nothing. I'm not important. Those are declarations. Those are declarative words that you might accidentally speak over yourself that don't line up with the truth. 
Those are beliefs about yourself that aren't true. God says that you are his son or his daughter and you are chosen and dearly loved. Chosen and dearly loved. Even when you were his enemy, he loved you and Christ died for you. He wanted to rescue you from your sin debt and pull you into a relationship and bring you back home to the Father. So you are a son, you're a daughter, you are a royal priest, you are a king and a priest, as the Smiths always remind us every week. Um, yeah, that door open's gonna distract me, but it feels so nice. There's someone pulled up. It's important to know what God says about you and renew your thinking about what the word of God says about you and who you are. Beliefs about others. If you're offended at people's sin, you're gonna have a problem. We need to get over other people's issues, other people's mistakes, other people's sins, other people's areas that where they need breakthrough. God doesn't look at us according to the flesh any longer. And he wants us to see people not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So this is, this is where the renewing of our minds comes in. This is where the work takes place. We need to learn the ways that God wants us to function in life. Like when Paul says, the apostle Paul said in Colossians chapter three, set your minds on things above where Christ is seated. So we set our minds on things above where Jesus is seated. Then Ephesians 2 says, you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. That means that there is a heavenly perspective, a heavenly way, a heavenly place to put our brains and our hearts in to look at life from. So when we look at others, are we seeing the obvious, the dirt that's on them? Or are we looking prophetically past the sin, past the scars, past the, the current struggle? Are we seeing what God is dreaming over their life? Are we hearing from heaven what does he say about the situation? So our beliefs about God, our beliefs about ourselves, our beliefs about other people, and our beliefs about circumstances. These are the places where God wants to bring us into an upgrade. These are the places in our lives where God wants to take us into a higher level because if your life is wrapped up, if your life is hidden in Christ and God, then you are the object of his favor and his promises and all of his blessing. And if all of his promises and blessing are for you, then it's, it's your choice to choose the upgrade which requires something we're going to talk about in a second. Part of what we're already talking about, our beliefs. It's going to require an upgrade in our beliefs, and it's going to require an upgrade in what we're putting our hope in. Time for another sip, so give me a second. <laughs> talking myself dry here. Okay, so we already said there's four areas of beliefs. Just let me pause for a second, just so you guys know, we are going to worship... We are going to have the, the pinnacle of our gatherings is the presence of God. We love to build a throne for him in our gatherings. I'm a mailman, and I love to deliver mail and build a throne for Jesus everywhere I go. 
I don't worship 24-7, but when I am worshiping and I'm delivering mail, I am establishing the throne of Jesus with every step I take. And we are going to do that this morning. I just feel like what we're talking about right now is going to set us up for worship. So this is a divine setup, just in case you're wondering. Okay, slide number three, my son. This is a quote by Francis Frangipan. And if you don't have the book, I don't, but I should get it. I know Vani has it, uh, The Three Battlefields. This is a powerful quote. Think about this for a second. Every area of life that does not glisten with hope. Say glisten. <laughs> Whew, sparkly. Every area that does not glisten with hope reveals that you're believing a lie in that area. And that area is a stronghold of the devil in your life. Yours and my hope levels are, it's like an indicator. This is like a mini Steve Backlund message here. Your hope level is like an indicator, like a car engine light that pops on uh, engine problems or battery, you know, is going on, whatever. When your hope levels you can do this on your own. Get with God and say, God, are there any areas of my life that I'm not really hopeful in? About you, about me, about other people, or about my circumstances? Am I lacking hope in any of those areas? Because if you are, if I am, that means I'm believing a lie or you're believing a lie in that area. And that lie is becoming a stronghold of the enemy. See, the devil's sneaky. He's like a little slime ball. He's a, he's a liar. The devil wants to just try to misdirect you through lying. And sometimes it sounds like your own voice in your head. We don't even recognize it sometimes. But the Bible tells us, you know, our enemy is not flesh and blood. It's not the person sitting next to you. Husband, wife, look at each other. No, you're not my enemy. That is not your enemy. Your neighbor, Mrs. Kravitz, is not your enemy. Our enemy is not flesh and blood, but it's spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenlies. So we've, we've uh, established a little help thing here, a little indicator. Any area that doesn't glisten with hope could be because you're believing a lie in that area, okay? Slide number four. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope just ponder that for a second. Our God, he is the God of hope. He is not the God of hopelessness. And when the God of hope comes into your hopeless situation, things have to change. Things have to change. If you're going to take his hand and listen to his voice and believe what he says about things, things will change. It has to. Another thing Backlund likes to say, there are no hopeless situations. There's only hopeless people. And when people get hope, circumstances have to change. So it's important that we who believe in the God of hope, that may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. It's all about what's going on between your ears. I love it. Bill Johnson says, the only closed heaven most believers experience is between their ears. It's right here. God wants to renew our thinking. He wants to transform the way we see and think. He wants to fill you with all joy and peace in beliefs, in your believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. 
In other words, you will receive glistening hope. You will become more and more increasingly hopeful in that area as the God of hope fills you in your belief system. It's not by trying harder. It's by thinking differently. Okay. Let's see. So slide number five, a quick definition of hope. If you're like, well, what is hope? Just, oh, I'm trying to put my hope in something. No, this is what hope is. Hope is the confident joyful expectation I'd have you say expectation but I don't want to wear it out but you can if you want hope is the confident joyful expectation I want to expect it God that good is coming that good is coming it may look like crap right now it may look like junk is right down the road but I got to choose to believe if I'm going to have hope to have joyful expectation that there's good down the road All things work for the good of those who love Christ and are called according to his purpose. So if it's not good right now, it's not the end. It is not over. We need to keep on pressing through because there is good. He is a good God, and he's working all of your situations out for the good of those who love him. Hope is an overall optimistic attitude about the future based on the goodness and promises of God. So do you guys see where, why it's so important to know God's heart and his nature? If you think that he is just so at odds with you because you've made a mistake, if you think that you sinned and there's no forgiveness now because you're misunderstanding some scriptures that, that talk about you know, people that continue to resist God and eventually depart from the faith, if you're being under the influence of a lie because there's a hopelessness that's starting to settle in about your own life and about because you made mistakes, that God could not fix it, that God could not lift you up out of that and restore you. If we know that he's, he's not angry with us, but that he's a good father, that before you even have a chance, as John uh, Carney, I was going to say Carvey, I knew that wasn't it. John Carney a few weeks ago was uh, the Hunter family. Their son was up front here, and uh, he used him as an example, and he put his hand over, over uh, Tristan's mouth really fast, gave him the example of the prodigal son coming home to the father. Before you could even say a word when you're running back home to the father, he's like, shut up. No, he didn't say it, shut up. But he's like, don't say a word. Servants. Go kill that fattened calf. We are going to feast. We're going to barbecue tonight. Get the best clothing. Put them on my son. Put the family signet ring on his finger. Get the sandals. Put them on his feet. My son has come home. That is our God. Anytime a sinner turns back to God and wants to run to the Father, he does not set up obstacles and, and things for you to jump over and make you try to earn your salvation. That is not his heart. He sent Jesus to pay the price. The price has been paid in full. Jesus' blood has paid it all. You and I have grace and mercy to run into. And he's inviting us to run into it this morning. Because he's not an angry God. He's a good father. And he just wants his sons and daughters back. He just wants you to come home. He just wants you to come up. Sorry, I'm not going to cry. He just wants you to... You know, the father heart thing just kind of wrecks me. So I'll hold myself together. But my daddy God just wants me to run into the room and jump up on the chair with him and just rest. 
and know that I'm home. My dad is not going to disown me. He's my father, and Jesus paid the price. He's my big brother. He's my king. He's my master. He's my God, and he's my brother. And if you don't feel comfortable with that, just read Hebrews chapter 2 and just marinate in it for a while. He's not ashamed to call you brother and sister. Okay. So again, let's put the Jack Black picture up just for fun. The lies of the enemy come to disable you. They come to neuter you. Spay, neuter, whatever. They come to take away your power and your influence. Sorry, my parents run paws of Bremerton, so cats, dogs, spay, neuter. But the enemy wants to neuter you. He wants to neutralize the power of God in your life. He wants to lie to you about who you are because he knows that if you realize that you are one of the adopted, spirit-infused sons or daughters of God, that you're dangerous to his plan. Just as Jesus came to destroy the works of the enemy, so he has sent you and me to destroy the works of the devil. And he does, he's afraid. He is afraid of us. You might think that the devil's afraid of me. I'm afraid of the devil. If I see something move like a door closed and I know it's the devil, and I'm going to go hide under the covers. No, you know what you should do if that kind of thing happens? You begin to laugh. Julia, you got a good example of that. You'll have to testify that someday. When she was living in, can I tell that briefly? When they were living in a house that had demonic activity, haunted, stuff was moving, the demons were manifesting, and one day she was like, just laughing. You're so, this is so ridiculous. Like, you're going to really try to scare me because of that, with that tactic? And it stopped. The enemy's like, you start to laugh at his lies or laugh at his tactics, he's out of there. He's like, okay, don't like joy. I don't like laughter. I only like pain and sorrow, so I'm out of here. Okay, we're getting somewhere here. You guys doing okay? Okay, okay. This is like reverse church. We're all used to worship first, and then, then you're all worn out, and you're like, okay, is the preach going to be done yet? Now you're just going to be like, oh, worship is like I'm lost in worship instead of being lost in my words. And I'm not the only voice this morning, by the way. There are other powerful people in this room who are going to prophesy, who are going to share the heart of God after our time of worship, and one of them before worship. So moving on from Jack Black, slide number seven. <clears throat> So I like to call these, people like to call these the four pillars of revival. If you want to be a person that considers yourself a, a believer in Jesus Christ who is experiencing revival, like you are fired up for the things of God. You are caught up. You are enraptured in the kingdom of heaven. You are so consumed by Jesus that you just want to live for him and nothing else. If that's what you want in your life, these are four pillars of revival that are really important. So number one, it's important to have that foundation of the goodness of God in your life. He's gooder than you think. God is in a good mood. That's one of those Bill Johnson things. God is in a good mood. People did not like that because it's hard. Some of us, we got to get healed of our daddy wounds. You need to forgive your earthly father for stuff that he did because you might be projecting that kind of stuff onto Father God. Just a side note, just a quick sozo. Okay, we're going to do a little inner healing there. Father God, I forgive my earthly dad. And now, what's the truth? That you are good, that you won't abandon me, that you're faithful to all of your promises. The goodness of God is important. 
Jesus' blood paid for it all. Our inheritance as believers in Jesus is rich. You and I are the rich, we are the richest creatures on this planet. Not only were you made in the image of God, but Jesus has opened up for us on the cross through his blood an inheritance. We are experiencing the inheritance of the saints. Not only do you get to go to heaven and know that your sins are forgiven right now, you also get to receive healing. You get to receive freedom and deliverance from the enemy. You get a new, new identity, a new nature. You are a son or a daughter of God. You are royalty. You are a royal priest. And there's so much more. But Jesus' blood paid for it all. Any miracle that you've ever heard of, any resurrection from the dead, gems falling in a room from the atmosphere, gold dust breaking out, angelic presence, open heaven, Jesus paid for it all. I, my heart is that the young people in this room would just begin to get a taste of the amazing power and promises of what Jesus paid for. You think Marvel movies are awesome and those superheroes who are just make-believe are really cool? How about God using you to put your hand on someone, not shoving someone down, just even maybe not even touching them, but just preparing to touch them, and they just start to shake and get delivered from a demon? Or a person whose broken body, they're stuck in a wheelchair, and you just grab their hand and say, Jesus loves you. And they, they're like, I feel something happening. And you're like, in his name, in Jesus' name, stand. And they stand up. Those are the things that Jesus said would happen with those who believe in him. You will cast out demons. You will heal the sick. You will raise the dead. You can even eat or drink something that's poisonous. Not shouldn't do that un, intentionally, on purpose. But, you know, you're worried about the Monsanto pesticides in your Cheerios, you know. Jesus said you could even eat deadly poisons and they won't harm you. Holy Spirit inside of you is like a solid gold purifying, I don't know what you'd call it, like a barrier, body, soul, and spirit. He has got you covered head to toe. And if there's something going on in your physical body that doesn't line up with the truth, then that is one of those things that we need to press it into the truth. In other words, we don't begin to question the goodness of God or that Jesus' blood paid it all because we're not seeing it manifesting on the earthly experience. Rather, we just continue to declare what the truth is until we see the breakthrough. And if you don't see the breakthrough, if someone dies from cancer that got prayer for a year, what do we do with that? What, where do you put that in your theology? You said it. We put that in this little box called mystery because he is good and he is faithful to his promises. Okay, so God is good. Jesus' blood paid for it all. Everyone is significant. Everyone in this room, everyone on the face of this earth, the homeless person that is outside of a grocery store sitting on the sidewalk, every person is significant. How much more in the kingdom? If you're a believer, every person is significant. He has a divine plan and a purpose 
for your life and not just a purpose because he's not just a user. He sees you as his own son or daughter. You are valuable to him. Jesus died. He would have gone to the cross just for you. That's how much he loves you. That's how precious you are. You are a, you are a precious work of art to God. He designed you. He knit you together in your mother's womb. He, he knew every day that you would live. Every day that of your life was foreordained. It was planned. He saw you. He was speaking destiny over your life as you were being put together inside of your mother. You are significant. And we're going to wrap this little preach. This is probably going to be the preach for the day. Yeah, it's probably going to be it. Maybe we'll have a little fun after worship and do some ministry declarations. I know some people came for some prayer today, I think. I think. Lastly, nothing is impossible. With God, nothing is impossible. Slide number eight. Luke chapter 1, verse 37 says, For nothing will be impossible with God. If it looks impossible with God, it is not impossible. He is the brilliant one. He is the master mind of the universe. He can fix anything. Good morning. Welcome. Come on in. God can fix anything. He could take anything that seems beyond repair and resurrect it. He's the God that calls the things that are not as though they are. He speaks life into, into dead things, and they, they stand up. So with God, nothing is impossible. You didn't miss worship, by the way. We're doing reversal church today. We're preaching first, then we'll worship. So, so awesome. So if you came just for the worship, so. but you're welcome to be here. So we're glad to see you. So for nothing will be impossible with God. Now, I just want to take a minute before we go into worship. Actually, in, before Naira is going to come up and share something in a minute. Um, you can come up now if you want. Just come stand up here. <clears throat> it's either the caffeine or there's a flow, and it's probably in the whole room, but I'm feeling it this morning. Whew. Whoa. <laughs> anyway, okay, I won't be weird. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll get you in just a second just to have, share what you're going to share. So I want to just do a quick breakdown of this scripture. Bill Johnson preached a message, and it totally opened my eyes to this verse. So this is good. Um, slide number nine, we're going to break the verse down real quick. For with God, nothing, not a single rhema, freshly spoken word. The word no thing is rhema. Go on your little online Bible, go to the blueletterbible.com and type in uh, Luke chapter 137 or just go through whatever verses you want to look up and click on the word nothing. It is rhema. No rhema word of God. Nothing is impossible. God's word never fails. His word is powerful and effective. It is sharper than a double-edged sword. It's powerful. It can divide soul and spirit. Imagine that. With God's word, with God, not a single rhema, and that's the freshly spoken word of God, will be impossible this is a reason why we stress and massage it in week after week that we call ourselves, consider ourselves an apostolic prophetic people. Jesus has called us believers worldwide to be apostolically minded 
to have an apostolic mindset, in other words, to, to think like heaven, to see it established on earth, and to be a prophetic mindset, hearing the word of God, hearing the voice of God, which requires you and me to be in a relationship with him. See, this doesn't work by just going to church and, and sitting on a pew. Going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than going to McDonald's makes you a hamburger. <laughs> Famous words from Keith Green. Yeah, it was Keith Green. He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to speak to you. He wants to walk with you. He wants you to know him intimately. It may, you may feel his presence or you may have never felt his presence in your life, but he wants you to know and he wants you to understand that the Holy Spirit will bear witness with your spirit that you are a son or daughter of God. That's Bible somewhere, First John somewhere. So not a single freshly spoken rhema word of God will be impossible or with no strength, power, or ability to perform it. In the next slide, and we're going to get moving on, every promise or word of God gives us, every promise or word God gives us comes with its own supernatural ability to perform it. For those of you who feel you've received a prophetic word to plant a church, that word comes with the power to fulfill it. When Jesus, through a young lady five years ago, said, God says, go plant that church, that prophetic word came with an anointing and a power to, to fulfill it. I may not have felt it every day of this, of this journey. Today I'm feeling it a little bit. Probably because I'm seeing a little bit of a... Anyway. But I've, we've always held that word of God before us, that promise he gave us, that confirmed in our spirit what we already felt, but we needed to hear him. His word comes with a supernatural ability to perform it. The Logos word and the Rhema word. The power to grow an oak tree is contained within the acorn. I'm not sure how that fits in, but it does. Okay. Let me make sure. So... The next part will be a declaration we're going to do together before we worship, but Naira has something that's going to fit right into this. Good morning, Legacy Church family. Um, I, in lieu of Father's Day coming, um, I wanted to share this today. I felt like the Lord really wanted um, you to hear it. As I was driving in the, this is a little bit short for me. Can you lift it up? Oh, here, I'll just do this. I'm getting distracted by leaning forward. Sorry. That's good. Sorry. So as I was driving last week, um, and a lot of times I'll have visions, the Lord gave me a vision. I was actually praying in the spirit, and I really felt like um, it was warfare. There's a lot of us who've been going through a lot of things, um, great and small. It just depends on your circumstance. But... I felt like I was really uh, doing warfare. And as I was driving down the road, I just felt heartbeat and the cadence of a heartbeat. And it became so powerful and so overwhelming. Um, I'd like to read, um, I probably don't remember exactly what I said, so if, if you bear with me, I'd like to read it. I pulled over and posted it on Facebook, and I don't normally post things on Facebook. So what I, what I posted was, I hear the sound of his heartbeat today resounding over me. 
the body and our nation, and in fact, the world. It reverberates through me, then carries me away on its rhythm, so strong, steady, true, and relentless, reminding me of his kingship, his power and authority, his unwavering love and faithfulness. It overtakes and overwhelms all the sounds of strife, quarrel, and unrest. It is a beacon, a call to respond, a comfort, and the sound of triumph. So what I'd like to say, church, is that no matter what you're going through, he has a plan on your life. He loves you. His character, he has so many attributes to his character that he brings to bear on your situation if you can hear his heartbeat. Deep calls to deep. When you are going through deep things, his response is to bring the deep to that deep thing that you're going through. I'm reminded of our nation right now, which is so divided, and it's, it's broken families. Families have had quarrels over what's going on. It's not even like sibling rivalry anymore. It's almost like the East from the West. But he's bringing a deep response to that. We're seeing things happening. We're seeing miracles. We're seeing signs and wonders. I'm thinking of the, the young, uh, the two kids that were lost in the water somewhere, and he was praying to God. They kept getting pulled out by the current. They were young. They didn't realize the circumstances they were in. And this young man just prayed and prayed and prayed. Along comes a boat. And he testified on national TV that God saved their, his life. The name of the boat? Amen. I'm telling you, he is there in your circumstances. Listen to his heartbeat. Let it overtake you. Let it pull you into his presence. Everything that he has for you. Because he has the freedom, the deliverance, the victory. He has the comfort. He has the peace. He has the counsel. That's his love. That's his heart for us. So I'd like to invite you in this week coming up to Father's Day that you really invite him into your life. Ask him to hear that heartbeat. Ask him to tune your heart to his. There's a cadence that's overwhelming. Ask him to open your eyes to what he wants to do in your life and how he wants to work it out. Because these circumstances all lead to the end of his plan for you. And he has a plan on your life and it's good. And we can be caught up in the circumstances or we can expect the unexpected in what he's able to do. So I invite you today as we worship just to come with that heart of worship. Give him your best worship. Thank you. Love you guys. I just thank the Lord for uh, helping me to articulate that because a lot of times he's giving me a download and, and I feel like um, I'm not able to articulate it all. So I've just been praying that I grow and mature in that. So thank you for listening. All right, church, why don't we stand to our feet? This is the best part of the meeting. This is the best of the best. Right now, from this point on, we're just going to love on the Lord. You and I get to be the ministers unto the Lord. You get to minister by night, minister by morning, minister by day in the house of the Lord. And you are his son, his daughter. You are his royal priest. So we're going we're gonna to read a declaration. It's a scripture before we go in. And what 
I would encourage you guys to do is understand as you are worshiping, you know, God doesn't need our worship. He knows that we need it more than him. When we worship him, he comes and inhabits our praises. As Steve Backlund said, sometimes, Steve, this is what God said to him. Sometimes, Steve, it's the only way I can get you to say things. In our worship, we are going to say things. We are going to praise. We are going to talk to God with song. I would encourage you just to dive in, get lost in his presence. Let him show you things. There's no agenda this morning other than to hear him, to be at his feet, to experience his throne room. This week, I I had a moment where I felt like the presence of God rested over my head, my shoulders, and my arms. And I heard him say that I I have clothed you in my son. I have clothed you in Christ. This morning, he wants to clothe you. I'm already feeling it now, man. This is pretty cool. He wants to clothe you. What do you need? What is the garment to take off? What is the garment to put on? He wants to clothe you in hope. He wants to clothe you in joy. He wants to clothe you in his righteousness, in his holiness. It's yours because Jesus paid for it. So we're going to read the scripture. I believe so. Just go ahead. Yeah. Here we go. You guys are going to read this with me together, okay? And it's two slides. All right, here we go. Second Corinthians, I don't even remember the verse now, but you guys know it. Uh, cast all your imaginations. Anyway, just read it with me and I'll give you the reference later. <laughs> it's the Passion Translation. Here we go. For although we live in the natural realm, we don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons, using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God, break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture, like prisoners of war, every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. All right, so let's raise our hands. We give you praise. We give you glory and honor this morning. Holy Spirit, we welcome you to come and inhabit our praises. As we lift up our voices, we just declare we are your sons and daughters, and we have come into this place to be your children and to spend time at your feet. We just want to be like Mary this morning, and we want to spend time at the feet of Jesus. So we come by the blood of the Lamb, by the new and living way opened for us on the cross. We come boldly to receive your mercy and your grace this morning. And whatever else we need, you know our needs, God. We receive from you in Jesus' powerful name. God, we just thank you that you are You're more than enough for us. God, we thank you that you are the victor over all of our circumstances and our lives. You're the victor over the enemy. You're the victor over fear. God, you are our champion. You have already won those battles. God, we just, we love you. We love to be in your presence and just bless your name. God, we thank you for the victory that that is already won. God, we love you. anybody's got anything to share now's the time anybody on the ministry team
Come on. Yeah. Need a good greeting from Dave. Hi, baby. Happy birthday, Forrest. Twenty-five today, right? All right. One thing the Lord said to me is, if you want to renew your mind, if you want to change your believing, you change your speaking. You know, we are in the world. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. If you find yourself speaking like the world, I'm sick, I'm old, I'm hurting. You need to reach over, turn off the TV, and look at the Word of God and see what the Word of God says about us. It says, our youth is renewed like the eagles. It says, all our needs are met according to His riches and glory. It says, we are alive in Him and Him in us. And He has overcome the world. You know, we want to see miracles in our lives. We want to see healing. Speak the word of God over yourselves, over your children. It's easy to sick talk. It's easy to agree with what the world says. The work is, is to speak the word of God over yourselves and your family. And it is work. It's not easy. It's easy to agree with the world. Because the world comes at you all the time. But like I said, Jesus has overcome the world. As I think Josh Hunter said last week, here's where we are, here's the perfect will of God. When we speak, we are headed towards the perfect will of God. And remember, we are kings and priests. It is. It's good, Dave. Anybody else? No, I'm good. Josh and Amanda, can you stand, please? <laughs> I just felt this morning during worship, when I saw you guys walk in, you walked in with such authority, not in an arrogant way, but in his authority. And in your process and what you're implanting, I felt like he was saying, you were called to be your own. Not a replication. You're called to be your own. Your authority will allow others to springboard off you. Your ceiling is their floor. The Holy Spirit will give you clear instruction on how to build. You just need to listen and seek. What you are called to will be unlike any other. Stick to your convictions as you build. Build carefully as not to destroy what you are called to. So be slow in your building. Seek wisdom, counsel. Don't bring people in too quickly. Even if you're feeling like, oh, we need to fill. No. Just build slow. 
so we just bless you guys, and then I know we're going to bring you up in, in purview, but I just want to bless you guys with that, and yeah, I'm excited for you. <laughs> so, just so you guys know, I mean, Amanda told, told me that you guys would be coming, and that you were maybe hoping to get a little blast from a church that you've never visited before, and is that kind of what you were hoping for, just to kind of get some prayer, some impartation, some prophetic words? So we'd like to continue to add on to what Tammy um, just spoke. And we're also recording this, so if you don't want to put it all on your phone, you don't have to. But, um, and I can always edit out this part and just send it to you as well. And I don't want to forget, but I've got four books that I want to give you guys just, to, just something to put in your arsenal. And if, if you feel like it's not maybe for you, I think they'll help. I think they're helpful tools. But I think we're at the, basically at, at the end. I feel like what God has wanted to accomplish this morning is pretty much we're right there other than praying over these guys. Um, so why don't you three and your mom come up and why don't you just give us a quick synopsis of what you're doing and then if you would let us, we'll just surround you guys and blast you. I do have a word that I want to pray over you guys, but I want to wait until we're we're praying and it's not just for the two of you it's for Noah and it's for your mom Camille Um, you know God does not exclude anybody in this family this is not just mom and dad this is like Tammy I didn't know she had that but it's part of what I heard God say too that your parents ceiling is going to be your floor Noah means rest and you're going to carry what your name means, you're going to carry a sense of the rest, the, the peace and the rest of heaven into this church plant. You're going to be in a very important part. Like mom and dad, they're pioneering and you're following them, but you have an important part to play in this. I felt like God was just highlighting that over and over, that this is not Noah off to the sideline while they do their thing. He has a, a wild adventure for you, but he has a gift and a treasure for you to release into this work. You might be young, but never disqualify yourself because of your age. You might feel like you're old, older. No, heck no. I'm 50 something and sometimes I question and then God's like, stop it, stop it boy. Okay, so uh, I'll hand this to you guys and you just kind of give us a Um, Well, thank you guys for having us. We're Josh and Amanda Hendricks. Uh, We've been married for about 17 years, and we've been serving the Lord for about 22, 23 years together. Um, We we love Jesus. We love Jesus. And, um, you know, we've just been on a Holy Ghost adventure our entire marriage. Uh, we, we are graduates of uh, the River Bible Institute in Tampa, Florida, Pastor Rodney Howard Brown's Bible School. And um, we've been, you know, just plugging away, doing what God's called us to do. And a couple of years ago, the Lord, uh, we, we drove through a city in California, and we met some people there that um, were so hungry for God. And yet there, there was no satisfaction. There, there was no, it, they were clearly, you know, a sheep without a shepherd. And something stirred in our heart at that time. And it was the, literally the farthest thing from our desire to live in California at all. Um, you know, we, we, we know that there, um, you know, that there 
our lives are for the, for the kingdom. Our lives are for the ministry. We've known that since the day we, we were married, but we had different ideas. Our ideas were, you know, we would um, travel the nation and preach the gospel in churches, revival, stir up revival in local bodies, and um, mass crusade evangelism. I mean, we were like, we're going to the nations with the gospel. And, um, and so it was like, Lord, are you gonna have us start a church in this city? And, um, you know, what, about a year went by, two years, two years, and sure enough, when the fire, uh, some of you guys may have heard of the fires that happened in paradise, about 26,000 people lost their homes, and um, the city that we're going to is just right, right by there, and, um, and the Lord, two days after that fire, the Lord spoke to us that it was time to go, and that we were going to go and, and uh, launch a church there, Resurrection City Church. And, um, and so we just said, yes, Lord. And the, the Holy Spirit spoke and said, you know, that the natural fire swept through that place. And now it's time for the fire of God to sweep through. Amen. Hallelujah. And so we just said, yes, Lord, our lives have just been a continual yes to the, to the Lord. And, and that's where we're at now. We just had a couple of loose ends to tie up before we headed out. We'll probably be gone in about a month or so. We may visit again before we leave, but, um, but the Lord had us, uh, uh, visit a few different places to kind of see we've been, we've been in one certain realm of the spirit, uh, for quite a while. And the Lord asked us to go and see how other families lived. And it's been awesome. It's been such a blessing. This house is beautiful. And thank you guys for, for welcoming us and praying for us. Yeah. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. I don't have to put this one on my chin like most of them, but hallelujah. Yeah, man. We're adopting a family policy of just if the Lord asks us to do something, that's what we do. We say, yeah, well, we're going to do that. And he's asked us to do this. And we're believing God for like a, just actually everything that you said blessed my socks off. It's, it's the voice of the Lord because like a whole bunch of the same things were spoken over us last night. Yeah, like literally last night. And I was just, so thank you, Lord. God's in this. I said this last night too, uh, Charles Spurgeon said the greatest kindness one person can do another is to pray for them. So we would ask that if Oroville, California, the Hendricks family, Paradise Resurrect, if any of that comes up in your heart, we covet your prayers like never before. We, we know we're going down there to take land. We know we're going down there to bring the kingdom of God into a place and we're not like God's going with us. We're not worried about it at all, but we really covet your prayers just if if he brings us up, Amen. we would appreciate it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We really are. It's going to be good. We're going down there to pour into people and establish identity in people to let the Lord build us and then pour that out. Amen. Hallelujah. And y'all are blessed, man. During worship, I'll just, if I can take a little bit of liberty. During worship, the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, there's a store, and I, there's a store. He's been storing something for this house. Like, and he said, it's the proper store. And I, I felt like it was like there's a perfect time, and he's going to release 
what he's storing for you. Something's coming, guys. I'm just telling you, get ready, because something's coming straight from heaven for this house and for you guys. And he's, he's blessed. He's happy with what you're doing. Amen. I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. So this is what I'd like to do. If you guys maybe come a little closer to the center here. And just a good handful of people that really feel like they want to bless them and pray over them, come and put hands on them. Are you guys okay with people putting hands on you? And including, including these two as well. Pardon? Yeah, you could say something. Please, I'm sorry to interrupt. So back in November... Um, I had just returned from the Bahamas, a missions trip that I went on. I was on a layover in Fort Lauderdale when Amanda called me and said, want to move to Oroville? And I said, no, no, I do not. Absolutely not. And I continued to say no. And people would say, is your mother going with you? And she'd say, yeah. And I'd say, no. She said, oh, she just doesn't know it yet, but she will. And I continued to say, absolutely not, I will not go. There is nothing, nothing that will make me go until the Lord said, what did I call you to be? And the only answer I could come up with was obedient. So I just want to encourage everybody here, no matter how far-fetched it sounds, no matter how much you don't want to do it, the Lord has called us to be obedient. And that's it. Thank you. So this is what I'd like to do. Noah, would you, that, that, that is your son, right? He's not just like a visitor that, okay. I don't want to like speak something. Would you come and just stand in front of your mom and dad facing them? Just just face them. Like You're, you're a triad. So just, just stand with your mom and dad. And mom, just kind of be right off to the side there and just looking right in at them. You can turn this way towards me. Not you, your, your grandma. I know this is weird. Okay, now uh, put your right hand there. No, just, just joking. Okay, so now all of you prayer warriors, once you circle around, find a shoulder. And I'll, I'm just going to start by giving this word that I, that I felt like the Holy Spirit gave me uh, while we were worshiping. No, I wasn't texting or writing stuff on Facebook. It was for you guys. And then if you have something to add, just stick your hand up in the air and I'll pass the microphone to whoever. All right, so yeah, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I just feel like God wants to, uh, that picture I had of uh, clothing and that feeling of the, the glory of heaven resting on me this week, I just feel like he wants to just clothe you now. Yeah, we love you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the fresh fire. So Josh, Amanda, and Noah, and Camille, he is doing a new thing, new fire. Salvations will explode in this new church. Noah, you are an important part. Your ceiling will be, mom and dad's ceiling and grandma's ceiling will be your floor. I heard miracles, signs, and wonders. I heard inheritance. I heard lives restored and hearts healed. 
And I already spoke about your name, Noah, meaning rest. I just want you to receive from the Lord. Your name was not an accident. They didn't just pull a Bible name out of the hat and say, that sounds like a good one. If they did, Holy Spirit was leading them because you are marked. Your name speaks of who you are in Christ and what you carry in the kingdom. And we know God knows the church and and broken, weary people need the rest of heaven to be released into their lives. Everyone has a gift. Everyone has an edge. And yours is the rest. Enter into his rest. I hear him saying, enter into my rest. And that will be your word. Enter into his rest. Stop striving. Stop trying so hard. Rest in what the Father is saying. Rest in the finished work of Jesus on the cross. So we bless you with that. You are not insignificant in this this work. And Amanda, your name means worthy of love and deserving of love. And I, when I saw that, I felt like I, I heard, now I've heard this before, um, to men who are planting churches, who are leading churches, love your wife above all others. Do not be married to the ministry. You two are one. Love her. She's deserving of your love. She's worthy of your love, just as the father says she's worthy of my love. So he says, and my son, take care of my daughter, take care of my princess, my royal daughter, because she's worthy of my love. I paid a high price for her and I've given you the charge to overshadow and and protect and nurture and be the strength of the family. And Josh, We all know what your name means. Yahweh saves. Jehovah is salvation. You have such a powerful name. And I heard salvation, which is the Greek word sozo, which means forgiveness, healing, and deliverance. And you're marked. You are a man who will carry salvation into the city of Orville. Orville. Orville will never be the same. You guys carry a unique gift mix that is needed. There are other churches that are working for the kingdom that that God wants you to get along with and partner with and honor, but he has called you to be a a different gift mix. There's going to be salvations. There's going to be forgiveness, reconciliation, healing, restoration, deliverance, and freedom. People who are broken will be made whole. Hearts are going to be healed. Hope is going to be restored. There's a new sound coming from heaven through your ministry. And just as the word of God says to Joshua, be bold and be strong and courageous for the Lord your God is with you. He is with you. I heard equipped, exclamation mark, equipped. You are equipped. Camille. Your name means peace and confidence. No, that's not what your name means. That's what I heard. I heard your name means pure and perfect and serving at the altar. And I just want to bless you because your name is not an accident either. God says you are pure and perfect. You are complete in Jesus. 
There's nothing you have to do. He says you are pure. You are perfect. And he loves how you serve at his altar. That is who you are. You're his daughter, and he loves it when you're at his altar, delighting yourself in his presence, ministering to him, telling him how beautiful he is, giving thank offerings and praise offerings. He loves your ministry, and he gave you that name that speaks of who you are. Serving at the altar, pure and perfect. I see you guys are going to like a dry and dusty place. It's like a desert. But the Lord says, because you have rivers of living water pouring from your bellies, people will be drinking. It's going to be like rain on the desert, where it rains on the desert and then the blooms start coming up. Blooms that haven't been coming up for a hundred years are going to be coming up. And you are going to be their supply because you see the Lord as your supply. And Noah, you, I see you as, the Lord says you're kind of like Gideon. You may see your role as something small at this point. But he wants you to know that there's a whole group of people that are absolutely lost. They have no light. They have no hope. And you are going to be that light and their hope because the Lord is your hope and your light. Thank you. Um, when you guys came up and were speaking, I saw you like a threefold cord, but even more than that, because it's your entire family, and that's a strengthening. <clears throat> He's also showing me that there are those that are so hungry, and you're going to be something that's going to be savory that's set before them. You're coming in like flaming torches, showing Jesus' love to everyone. And as, I'm, as I was um, thinking about Noah, the Lord gave me um, a vision of him with um, this breastplate of armor on, but he was being zapped by the Holy, the Holy Ghost. And in fact, to the point where he was off of his feet and his chest was out and his arms were just flailed back. His head was back receiving it all. But the interesting thing is, and I really haven't worked this out with the Lord, but as his feet were coming off the ground, there were sparks and um, not really flames, but like bolts of electricity that were coming out from his feet. So I don't know what that means, except that I know that you're going to be electrified and you're going to show God's glory to all those around you. And they're going to be attracted to you for that. So I just um, bless you guys on. I'd love to come down and visit you and see how you're doing. But um, I want to say that Oroville and Oro in Spanish is gold. Ville is city, town. So it's going to be a town of gold, and that gold is you guys coming into that town. Miss Amanda. Oh, how God had a divine appointment between you and me. Who'd have thought two seats I was saving at a Cat Career conference? would bring you and me together. Wow. And then he took me to the River Church. And who was there? Miss Amanda and family. And I tried hard to make that my home church. Oh, girl, I tried hard. 
But God said, no, 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 because he wanted me over here. But here's, here, here's the holy connection part. I used to go to the coffee shop, the yogurt shop, before it was yours. And I'd walk it and I'd pray it, but there was always something missing. And then all of a sudden, it was bought out. And there was this amazing logo up there, a branding of two amazing angel's wings with the red heart of God in the middle. And what was the name of it? If I remember correctly, it was Revive. Yeah? Yeah. Now, that was New Beginnings. That was Small Beginnings. And that place was anointed. And I believe prophetically, he said, I, I asked you and trusted you with little. And you revived that piece of property. You revived people who came in. And I can trust you now with more. And Orville needs to be revived and the same skill sets you used there are going with you expanded beyond your imagination but not beyond his imagination what seems impossible is so possible with him and he's saying those that wait upon me will renew their strength they shall walk and not be weary. They shall run and not faint. They'll mount up on wings of eagles, the Lord's wings. And his heart, his heart will continue to beat and refresh you and fill you to where you think, Lord, I'm about to die, it's so good. And when you get that over fullness, you just touch your husband. Say, here, be filled. Be filled, my beloved, be filled. And then, yeah, yeah, hi puppy, yeah, I love you too. Yeah, yeah, your heart be overfilled. Your faithfulness in being the matriarch of this family. Oh, girl, what he's got in store for you. He said, your latter days are so much better than your former days. I said, just, just go be the umbrella over this household. Yeah, walk. Walk with your covering over them. Even this little puppy is going to have an anointing <laughs> and bring healing. Serious little sweetie pie. And I know you got a daughter around here somewhere. She's in the room playing. So I'm going to have you stand in the gap and receive. What's your daughter's name again? Zoe. Zoe. Oh, Zoe. Zoe Rain. Huh, like let life rain down. Absolutely. I'm Greek. I get that. Zoa. Zoa metaemata. The blood is what brings life. <laughs> so, Lord, we just pray for Zoe right now. 
And then, Father, all that you put in here rains down out of her, Lord. The ministry she'll have with kids, oh, my goodness. Lord, I just see her with that, that anointing that what she touches, there's an impartation that happens. The scripture that says, and they'll lay hands on the sick and they'll be healed. No word, no anything, just lay hands on them. And you as her big brother, Noah, oh, she's looking up to you. And as we say, you know, to little kids, careful where you walk. But the Lord says, you be careful where you walk, my beloved, because everybody's eyes are on you. Not with a heavy burden, but just in obedience. Just in obedience. I see you just bringing groups of young people together. Kids that feel so lost and scattered because of the disaster down there. And the Lord says, no, you'll make broken pieces come to life. You, you have that coolness about you that the kids your age have. I love your hair. I love your look. The, the Lord says, I do too, but the Lord says that to you. And that whole thing will draw people into you. But parents are going to feel that peace in you. P-E-A-C-E, -E, peace, the shalom peace. And with that, because you walk in obedience, adults are going to trust you with their kids. That you will lead them like your mom and dad and your grandma are leaders. You will lead them into the throne room. You will lead them into the, into the heart of Christ. You will renew and restore. When they say, but, but, but God burnt all this down and he took away. And you're going to say, no, that wasn't God. And he brought us down to say, together, let's grow. Let's build new. And you're going to just love on them. Because you are so covered by the love of your family so father we just thank you thank you for their pioneering spirit thank you father for your favor that rests on them thank you lord that you give them wisdom you give them timing you put their feet on solid ground and father like-mindedness in this household that one does not move without the blessing of another that they all be in one accord. And Father, a threefold cord is hard to break. Fivefold cord, and the three of you, unstoppable. So thank you, Lord. As we see in the future now and hear of revival and renewal, restoration, <laughs> rejoicing. Woo, and overflowing. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm sorry, as I'm, uh, Marilyn is prophesying over you, I saw a couple of other things. And Camille, one of the things that the Lord was showing me is he is going to so strengthen you. And I saw your legs like pillars. And Noah, um, this is not a burden for you. You're young and probably you're hearing a lot of things today. It's not something that you have to bear as a burden. 
It's just knowing that just keep talking to the Lord. And these are things in the future that you're going to hearken back to this maybe and see how all this is working out in your life. And for Zoe, um, when uh, you were mentioning to her about her name, um, I just felt the Lord was telling me seer. So she may be a seer. I'll just say this real briefly, and then we're going to be done, because I think we're all feeling pretty done. Um, just, I had my hand on you when Marilyn was praying for Zoe and then you, and I just, this is kind of an interesting picture, but it was like, you weren't drowning, but you were in blood, and I know it was the blood of Christ, and you were just being immersed, and I heard clean. You know, I, that's not like something that's just specifically for you. We all need to know that and, and get that in us so deeply that we walk in it, that that's who we are. But I just felt like that's what I saw and I heard just clean. So, so just take that and keep that in, in your memory that in the blood of Christ, you are completely immersed and you are clean. So, well, we bless you guys. We bless you as Legacy City Church, and we want to, I want to give you guys some tools just to hold on to, take your time, and when you're having a little vacation. Yeah. yeah. yeah.